Hey, Mark. Hey, Katie. Hey, you want to do a podcast? Yeah. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Unforget Yourself Show, where we use the power of woo and the proof of science to help you identify your blind spots, get over your own bullshit, <gasps> so that you can do the fucking thing you actually want to do. Absolutely. I'm Mark. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of Unforget Yourself and the creators of the Unforget Yourself system. Look, being a business owner is tough. Yeah. With vulnerability and with humor, mm-hmm. we'll be sharing with you the real stories behind the success of those brave and crazy enough to start their own business and to show you that you're not alone. You're not. Well, from the accidental entrepreneur to the laser-focused CEO, we have honest conversations about how they got to where they are today. We talk about the challenges that they faced and what they're currently dealing with in real time on their roller coaster journey. Along the way, we want to show you that it's, it's you. You are the most important asset in your business. Yeah, you are. So let's cut the bullshit and start the show. Enjoy. Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. So today we have with us Carrie Cluen lawrence a coach, professor, director, and a coach who works with clients on their personal branding and upcoming author of the book, Origin Story. Well, by the time this podcast launches, probably it's out by now. So of the best-selling book, Origin Story, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> hey, Carrie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Mark. Oh, you're welcome. Can you expand a bit more on, you know, where you are with your business today and the kind of people that you love working with? Sure. Well, I'm a stage director, so my my niche, if you will, has been for many decades artists and creatives, and I have opened up the doors and expanded that into entrepreneurs and business executives. When I was overseas, I was using theater to work with people to help them with their English and confidence, Mm. public speaking, all of these things. And so I brought that back to the U.S. and tried to really focus on helping people tell their story and share that with the world because I've seen how powerful that can be for people. Well, tell me how powerful can it be? What is it like when you help someone finally able to maybe see their story and then have the confidence to actually share it? What, what does that change? Well, the storytelling that I focus on is what I call personal discovery storytelling, your story, your origin And so really we're looking at where did I come from, where am I today and where am I going, right? Mm -hmm. And so in the collecting the pieces of that story, gathering the evidence, you can't help but realize that where you are is a result of that journey. And so it really plays into that growth mindset of looking at your detours, looking at bad advice, all of these things that have happened to you that led you exactly to where you are and where you're supposed to be. And then helping to position you for whatever is coming next. So what was it that prompted you to say, yeah, this is my calling. This is what I want to do. What was it? That's a that's quite the interesting story, because when we relocated back to the U.S., um, my husband was uh, active duty military and he was working for an embassy overseas. And we came back and I had been working long distance. Thank you, pandemic. And well, actually I started working long distance a long time ago. So, so that wasn't much of a shift for me, Mm. but 
probably the bigger shift was being a mother and wanting to spend time with them and lots of responsibilities of running around. So I was looking for a job where I could maybe do some freelance writing and lean into that a little bit more because I realized how much joy I had been getting from writing for, you know, different publications and interviews. And I came across a job opportunity that was for a theater professor for a bakery. And I thought, okay, you have my attention. And it was a, a bakery that was is used as a model for a small business for a fellowship started by a Jesuit priest um, in order to assist uh, military veterans, spouses, and caregivers on becoming entrepreneurs. And so they were looking for a theater professor to continue on the tradition of helping these fellows tell their story. And so, you know, I had been working in theater for so long and I started working, like I said, overseas with business professionals and, and people who were looking for ways to bolster their confidence and be able to speak in public. And then I started teaching this class and I just thought, wow, this is really incredible when people get to the essence of who they really are and who, you know, their purpose and, and their thoughts about the future, then it just, there's some kind of magic formula there that the light bulb started clicking and they started moving forward with more confidence and, and making some decisions that were really life-changing. So yeah, cool for them. But what did, what did that do for you? It makes me really happy. It makes me really happy to, to see those light bulbs turned on, to see people who have been holding themselves back or who maybe thought, I don't have a story to share, um, mm -hmm. deciding, you know, figuring out that they had something to say. And when they said yeah. it, they connected with people. And that brings me so much joy because I could see that they were no longer uh, isolating themselves, but that they we're becoming part of a community. And I was part of that community as well. And so for me, it's really about that, that community building and, and feeling like you're less on your own <laughs> journey. You know, you are on your own journey. You're an individual. That's what it's about celebrating your uniqueness and yet, and yet connecting at the same time. It's this really oh, interesting. Come on. We, we can hold both to be true. I mean, yeah. life of an entrepreneur, it's lonely. It's tough. Yeah if you don't have the right people around you and a lot of people a lot don't or you go through phases and wonder why you're struggling so much why you lose a bit of belief um so yeah for you to say this actually it was community this is it lit you up it gave you that sense of fulfillment to see the impact but also you were craving community you were craving to be around these people and i think sometimes an awful lot is lost with trying to just give value, trying to just help other people. It's no, where, where's that little bit of selfish? Don't forget you're on the Unforget Yourself podcast. This is about you and being a little bit selfish yeah. is good, but also acknowledging, damn it. Yes. That I wanted, I would like to be in this energy. There's something that fills me up. Um, so find those things and actually hold those things as true. It says a lot about you and about where you're going. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Because Coaches, you 
you have this symbiotic relationship. You can't be a coach without someone to coach, <laughs> right? So, so just by the nature of being a coach, you have there's a relationship there, and yeah. it's really important. And when you're when you're working in that capacity, there is a give and a take. There, there kind of has to be because if you're not if you're not receiving anything that's making you move forward, then maybe you're teaching, right? So my my difference in definition then is like teaching is more, well, I don't teach in a one, <laughs> in a funnel, but, but that's a lot of people's definition where you're just giving the information. And when yeah. it comes to coaching, I'm more interested in sparking that or um, instigating or provoking, right? So that there is, um, there's something happening. I'm like sending out a signal and then you see the kind of explosions and the 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 chemistry happening there and I see that as a difference between in the past when I have had this information which I need to share to you so mm. that you have learned it right and it's it seems more one-sided absolutely yeah beautifully put I mean we unforget yourself we love both sides of it I mean we teach the unforget yourself system we teach how to you know maintain your thoughts look at your approach look at everything that you do where you're in control how you manage your body through this emotional roller coaster so you have to we have to teach that but then it's coaching the application of that in real time that's the difference and when you said the, then you see the explosions then you see how things change it's like yeah look at yeah. them go look at the difference look at the application because everything else is just information all those books behind the bookshelf, it's just words. Until you put it into action, nothing's going to change. So I love that that's what gets you excited. And that's, I feel that's, that's what makes a difference no matter where we go. So yeah, the feedback I think is, is super important. In fact, um, ironically, I just received an email from a good friend of mine who during the course of writing the book, I, I did about 35 interviews and used some of the methods that I was in investigating in those interviews. And he just got a job offer uh, and, you know, is pursuing a different aspect or more seriously pursuing one particular aspect of, of work that he's been doing before. And he, he said that our conversation had an impact on him and really made him think about the choices that he was making. And, and it, it was so exciting to me because, you know, you would love to have that somebody come back and say, this was meaningful or it, yeah. it had an impact or it had an effect. Um, and, you know, you can't take, you can't take credit for it, you know, but it's, it's part of that relationship, mm -hmm. right? It's part you, of the. Okay. Yes. You can take credit for it. You played your role. You played your part <laughs> in that. So that, that well, again, there's yeah. that. You need both sides of it. So it's okay yes. to be like, yeah, God damn it, I did that. Or rather without <laughs> me, that may not have happened for an awful long time. It may happen right. about you. But right. there's something beautiful about actually owning up and saying, yeah, it's okay. Oh yeah, love that. Yeah. I love so, I love that idea of being an accelerant. <laughs> you know, like you're the accelerator. You're like the, let's push the pedal uh, and, and put on the gas. Yeah. Isn't that what coaching is all about? I mean, if I can get you there quicker than you can on your own, yeah. it's a no brainer because money, you'll always get money. Energy, you can gain it back. Time, it's the one thing you're never getting back. It's the most important resource in the world. So coaches aren't coaches, mentors, programs, learning all about how can you learn this so that you can get there quicker without all this other stuff. It's kind of the point. Yeah. 
Nice. So tell me about your, tell me about the book. Tell me about what was it that you decided that the book was the a logical or a step that you want to take? Because that's a little bit different from from coaching in real time. So what was it yeah. that made you decide that this is what you wanted to do? I, I've wanted to write a book for so many years. And I always thought it was going to be about theater or about acting methods. And uh, over the past, I'd say 10 years where I've, I've been doing more branding and I've been working with, with people more on, on their storytelling on a, on a personal level that benefits their professional. I started to think about how like the power of theater and what I love about it. And then I was teaching this class and watching these people become transformed as they were storytelling. And I just thought, hey, I know how to tell stories and I know how to teach people to tell stories. And so the book is a combination of walking you through the the elements that you need, the essential elements of, of a story that, you know, the main character, the obstacles, the rising action, the tension and all of that. And then exercises to help you find the evidence from your own life in order to, to flesh out your story. So whether that's an inciting incident, you know, the mm-hmm. spark of how you got started or whether it's evidence of you know, awards, education, experiences, all of these things that you may or may not see on somebody's resume and looking at those as far as um, fleshing out your entire journey, right? And then the last part of the book is talking a little bit more about community and about that, that you know, <laughs> reaching out um, by using your story, whether it's in an interview or a keynote or social media content, that kind of thing, and, and where and how you're sharing your story in order to what I've recently come up with is how to change your daily algorithm. So sharing your story and putting it out there and making sure that people are aware of your goals and who you really are, because I believe that that is going to change your daily interactions, whether it's on social media or in, or in real life, you know, just meeting people out and about and them asking, you know, so what do you do that your story might be very specific and change that interaction. Whereas suddenly you have a new client or you they're recommending you to someone else because you're no longer hesitating. You know, I wouldn't say scared because I've never really been scared to say who I am, there's but two, definitely there's two, hesitate. two things there. Number one is yeah, hesitating, being able to confidently, eloquently put it down, but also the clarity and the knowledge of Oh, this this is my story. This is what I do. This is what I want. There is those those two parts to it. And you need both to be able to really see the benefits of that. Yeah, absolutely. And as soon as I gathered that evidence, um, one thing in particular, which was a play that I wrote when I was about 10 years old called Little Red Riding Hood Says No to Smoking. So I have been... Okay. Um, a cantankerous, uh, you know, independent, uh, socially justice-minded or socially conscious-minded theater artist since a very young age. And when I found that, I just, something clicked with me of like, I have been on the right path this whole time. 
Mm. You know, even though there were large chunks of my life where I definitely was not sure, I definitely was insecure about it. I definitely was following other people's advice about, you know, what would make me happy and and uh, what a real job looked like, those kinds of conversations. Right? Damn it, they're all real jobs. Shut your face. <laughs> yes, not you, everyone who says that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> right. I think we hear that less now, but, you know, when I found that, and had this hard evidence of who I was at such a young age, I just thought, man, I, I have been this person, right? There's no, there's no denying that. And in a lot of conversations I've had with people since then, because I share that story so often, they're like, oh yeah. And I was on the yearbook staff, you know, when I was in high school or I did this and that, and that makes so much sense with what I'm doing now, you know, mm. these, um, the evidence and the interests have been there for so long. They were just waiting for an opportunity. Okay. So let's shift this into the, the current day. So I know you're going through some transitions with, um, with your business and with your locations. So tell me, because obviously you've, you found your story. You found exactly what it is. You, you know what you love to do and see amazing success from that. Where, what are you looking at right now? What are you going through as, as the business owner, even with all this success and clarity? Yeah, it, it comes and goes, right? It ebbs and flows. Um, so I, I mentioned that I have been a military spouse. Um, I guess I'm a recovering, you know, <laughs> my husband is retired now. Um, so there are so many changes that come along with that and an evolution and, and trying to, to keep moving forward. I think now it's it's knowing who I am and what I want to do and having the patience and the clarity, uh, which is not always easy. And, and then also being a busy mom and trying to make sure that my self-care, which has a lot to do with my, my business and my creative uh, needs, if you will, mm. that those are being satisfied along with everything else. Right. So a lot of it's about scheduling at the moment. And also knowing that these things are going to happen. I have a lot of faith in that, but also getting very impatient. Right. Um, How do you manage are... that impatience? You've said that oh. a couple of times now. So I'm like, is it, yeah. I don't, I'm not good at it. I'm yeah. trying. What is it? No, it's been it's been a rough part of my my learning. I when I was younger, I mean, I met my husband almost 23 years ago at this point. And, uh, you know, being in the military and having other people in charge of your life and kind of giving up some of your independence um, was has been a process. I wouldn't even say that it's you know, fine with any of it um, because I still want to work and I still have, there are still lots of things on my to-do list. Mm. So for me, I think it's trying to be realistic, really trying to look around and look at, um, you know, take my own advice and look at personalized measures of success which for me, um, some of those priorities are in motherhood and, and partnership and, and helping my husband, supporting him in a transition as well. So it's, I think a lot of, a lot of times we, we like to say that a relationship is 50-50. We know that's not true. It kind of like is this push-pull. And yeah. 
you know, so you kind of have to take stock of, of what's going on and what your priorities are. So and, with everything you're saying there, just being the business owner, being the mom, yeah. being in this transition, there are so many aspects there and there's only so many hours in a day and yeah. there's so much for, to get done. What, what do you find slips time and time again? What is it that slips off the radar? Mm, I think what slips is that I'm not great about not saying no all the time. <laughs> um, it would, you know, or the boundaries as far mm. as, you know, here are my needs and making sure that those are met, um, you know, putting on your own oxygen mask first kind of, a, kind of a situation. So then things might snowball and you might start to feel like the situation is uh, really unbalanced. And mm. so then I really sit down and look at that schedule. You know, not many of us have a personal assistant. Um, I would, I would really like one. I'm going to put that on my list of, you know, manifestations for the following year, but, um, but that, on, you know, the scheduling what's... and stuff. Yeah. Let me put it What's stopping you from getting one? If you're saying this is the challenge and this is what would solve it. And maybe this year I'll get one. What's, what's actually stopping you right now? Well, I kind of joke about that a little bit because I am also quite a, it's hard for me to delegate because there's- I was going to say control freak. Um, Yeah. Well, I am a director. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Oh my gosh. You've just justified. You've just justified. Oh, I think you're an expert in this. So you know all this stuff, right? You know exactly what you should do, but you can- you can drop in a little nugget. You can justify it. You can glorify it like a badge of honor. Yeah, that's true. That's absolutely true. I definitely have a type A personality. I definitely struggle with, okay, if I'm going to get somebody else to help me with this, how much work is that going to take? <laughs> right? Oh, so how much work is it for you to get them up and running? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So, so whatever, whatever make believe challenges do you put in your way? Oh, good question. Love that question. Make believe challenges. Um, I'm glad hmm. you said that rather than F you, Mark. What are you talking about? I don't do that. <laughs> see, see, this is interesting because like I have, so I have a really specific dream uh, project. Uh-huh. And, and it's, I, I hesitate to even say dream project because I, this is going to happen. I don't know in what version, um, but it's a, it needs a physical location. And we are not completely settled where we are at the moment. We're still in a transitionary period where mm. there, this is not necessarily where we are going to be physically, right? And I have yeah. started businesses before brick and mortar where you put time and energy into them and then you leave, <laughs> then you then you either pass it on to someone else or you know you you close it down. And after taking the time and energy to to invest into something like that. So I don't know how much of an imaginary uh, problem this is because we do have other options for virtual work, which a lot Mm. of people are very kind of tired and still we have not recovered, (laughs) you know, from, from the, the overuse of, right. So, yeah. So I'm looking for a solution right now. What, what do you want though? Just put, get all the 
make believe the real challenges get that all all that stuff out of the way what do you what do you want what do you want oh for the project for the sure i mean that's one part of the business which is a retreat center for experimental uh, artistic collab- collaborations or entrepreneurial collaborations where you put together people from different backgrounds maybe an engineer or an architect and a chef and a painter. And uh, you go through a week of origin story, storytelling, you know, that kind of work. And Mm. also them learning some new skills in each of the different, um, with each of the different backgrounds of the people who are involved. And then at the end of the week, a presentation for a local audience, um, perhaps a, a dinner of some sort, uh, where there's a story involved and everyone has contributed to it. So basically a way to collaborate between different industries and different uh, types of ways of thinking and doing. That sounds fantastic, like a live expression of art in yeah. whatever format they want to present it. Love that. Yeah. And not just art, but like new, interesting, you know, here is our, here's our product, you know, for the evening, or here is our story, or here is our way of creating community, you Mm. know, that there's a lot of different ways of manifesting story and creating. And I think that a lot of times we're very siloed in our industries and, some work that I did uh, probably about 20 years ago, there was a company called Play and they would come into your office and they would really just kind of shake things up and you would literally play games and just think about ways of being and doing that were that were different. And I know a lot of companies have tried different aspects of this, mm. but it's always the company with the people who are there and the, you know, the same industry and this kind of thing instead of, okay, if I am, if I'm a chef, maybe I want to think about my food architecturally, or maybe I want to think about it scientifically, or maybe, you know, so that's my dream. Nice. That's fantastic. I love that. So with, with your skill set, with all that you've learned, what's going to help you through this and what's going to stand in your own way? Hmm. Well, I think what will help me through it is the creative problem solving that I'm good at, which is, you know, even in just having this conversation, when you say things out loud, little thought bubbles appear and I'm like, you know, I could just do a one-off, you know, trial, um, and get some space in a local hotel or, you know, like figure out, figure out how to make this happen on a smaller scale, kind of in Mm -hmm. preparation for wherever it might land. Um, You know, I'd like some farmland and, and uh, a a house where people can, can stay and, you know, commune together a bit for for a week or so. Um, So that's, I think that there's, there's a lot of yeses that are, that are possible there. I think that I also would probably want to find a sponsor or two. (laughs) It was interested in in fostering this kind of of work, um, so that might take some some research and maybe looking mm. for a grant or you know some some ways to get 
things up and running for on a practical sense. Okay. So with this, you have your dream, you know that you're a problem solver and you've, again, I guess this conversation has been amazing to hear you think, pause, stop and like, ah, I've not thought about that. That's what it's all about. But what, what right now, what are you avoiding? What are you actively avoiding? Hmm. I think perhaps I am avoiding what I consider selling. <laughs> uh, because when when I went through the process of of writing the book, you know, it's a it's a hybrid publisher situation. So you're mm-hmm. responsible for quite a bit of marketing, which I find is not that uncommon for traditional publishers <laughs> these okay. days either. And I do not enjoy the part of, hey, you know, buy, buy this, <laughs> invest here, right? That those conversations um, about the money or feeling like you're selling your mm. product, yeah. um, which is yourself, I think it is it can be very challenging for me. What's the worst part of that? Why, why is that? Hmm. I think because I know how it feels when I'm on the other side of it, you know, like somebody has been in my LinkedIn inbox every day for the past couple of weeks. And I'm like, (laughs) okay, (laughs) not Ah, interested. So so you (laughs) equate selling to the pushy salesperson, to the bro marketers, to all these things that you're like, hold on, who are you? why are you here? I think and so. You, yeah. Like the, you, like the people who would knock on the door, I was going to get specific, but I don't, I don't want to offend anyone, but you know, it used to be door to door people. right? <laughs> and you would hide. <laughs> right? So for you, and, and this, I, I say for you, for many, I mean, I know that I used to struggle with this. It's funny you said that. Cause it's like all these different aspects is it was tough. How dare I ask for money? How dare I try and sell someone, the salesperson, oh, it's a dirt, but solopreneurs, you're everything. You're the accountant, you're the salesperson, you're in marketing, yeah. you're in fulfillment. Oh my gosh, you do everything. Yeah. So, and when you're a people pleaser at the same time, over deliver, under charge, work-life balance, doing too much, not able to put those boundaries up. It's, that's a tough place to be. Right. Absolutely. So, and if you've got the sales, which let's face it, you're in business, isn't a hobby. The point is to make money, to gain revenue, to gain resources, to further invest in yourself, in your family, in your business, to help more and more people. Right. So if that's a block, sweet Lord, what can you do to unlock that, to change that, to reframe that? Because that's literally the bloodline of the business. Yeah, it is. Sales should be amazing. Sales should be fun. Sales should be so damn cool. But there's that but, isn't there? Yeah, there is. I think, you know, what's something that is a big challenge now is that I, you know, might be aging myself, but I did grow up in a, in in an age where you could kind of knock on people's doors or make phone calls or, you know, that selling was a much different or advertising or marketing was a completely different animal than it is now. Mm. And 
you know, it's, it's a, it's quite tricky at the moment to figure out where your money is best spent. I don't think that it, I have, you know, definitely hired people in the past and I definitely have invested in programs to learn and this kind of thing, but there's a lot out there that's very misleading and not a value, right? And so, so if you're going to invest in, in marketing, or if you're going to invest in someone to help you or service of that sort, I think it's very hard to distinguish what, where the right audience or where you could find your audience and, um, who is going to help you the best with that. Mm. So what were you looking for most? Do you need the advice? Do you need the help? Do you need the wisdom? Do you need to find your people, find your voice, be able to confidently, eloquently crumbs it? Now we're back to storytelling. How can you tell the story? How can you reframe the story around that? Yeah. You said all the things that you need. I'll lovingly say, look what you've done. Look at your experience. You don't need that. Would it help? Maybe. Yeah. Do you have all the well, answers? Probably. I think that, you know, for someone like me, who's so, so much of my business has come through word of mouth uh, for, for most of my, most of my career. Mm. I think that also it's a situation of not knowing whether that's going to continue, whether that's the right answer <laughs> and whether it's just patience and waiting for the book to be produced and, you know, trying to, because there are some things that I'm, I'm in the process of doing in order to prepare for that. So you um, hold on, hold on, hold on. You, you just told yeah. me that you, oh, you, you're not good at patience. You want things to come quicker. You don't like waiting. However, because you may be so used to referrals, maybe you would much prefer it come from referrals because it's less scary, less work to do. Sure. That you're happy for it to take longer because I'm just going to leave it to the universe. I'm going to leave it to, to out there. Yeah. Yet you're, so you, you've got these two conflicting views and actions and beliefs that play at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. Welcome to the fun and games of being an entrepreneur. Oh my gosh. It makes no sense. <laughs> it, does, it does it right. And so being aware of that and identifying those things. And I think, you know, you're absolutely correct in that it's it's both happening you know because you hear everyone saying oh it takes time it takes time it's so much so much more work than you know people people express and at the same time you're also seeing oh these 10 steps to success you know and the million dollar income and you're like well I don't know I don't know how both of those can be true <laughs> everywhere there's all these hacks and whatever all these claims everything works just what's yeah. right for you. Right. And we are bombarded. So just don't tarnish your good name and what you do with being bombarded. Your book is freaking amazing. Can't wait to read it when it comes out. Or by, by the time this episode goes out, it's out. <laughs> I read it. It's amazing. <laughs> right? But yeah. That's kind absolutely. of the point. So don't, don't allow other people, other things to tarnish your view of sales. Right. Right. So it's, so when you say like, you know, what's blocking you, well, you know, being a mom is blocking me in partial because, you know, that's taking a lot of time, but they're all going to school full-time next year, you know? So, uh -huh. so we're unblocking some of those things and uh, yeah, no, but it is, it is, it is, I say that a little bit in jest, but you know, you have to shift yeah. your priorities. And I, I believe in the long game, as you're saying, I really do believe in the, 
knowing where I've come from, knowing how this all started, there is a very positive, uh, all of this has been building up for Mm. a reason. And so I, I do struggle with patience. I do struggle with (laughs) that control factor. So I, I'm aware of it and I am trying to unpack that and, you know, take my own advice to, to having that patience and that clarity for sure. Yeah. Well, it's, it's fine that getting that patience, but also maybe, maybe you leveraging the, the lack of patience, leverage it. What can you do? You just told me about this big dream. You also just yeah. told me here are these little things I could do. Well, I could just do this. I could, I'm like, you fucking do it. Yes. Yeah. What else can we do? Because your time, maybe it comes down to focus. Maybe it comes down to a bit of belief, whatever it is, finding that thing to be able to align focus and use the energy that you do have whilst not killing yourself, your husband or your kids in the meantime. Yeah. Well, I, I completely agree with you because, you know, you have to, you have to cross some things off. I mean, I, as an entrepreneur, <laughs> you know, solopreneur, entrepreneur, what, however you want to say that I've come up with literally hundreds, thousands of ideas that, you know, every year I come up with, Oh, I'd like to do this. I'd like to do that. Mm -hmm. And some of those have moved forward with me. Um, you know, I'm, I'm in charge of things that I'm no longer super enthusiastic about, but I, because I started them, I feel like, okay, I still have to manage this, this project. Right. And recently it, it did occur to me, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to let that go you know, and, you know, send it out into the universe and maybe say, does anybody else want to take, take the reins on this? And if not, I'm going to be okay with, with moving forward without it because of what you just said, like having that clarity of no, my priorities have shifted. My life has changed. The whole world has changed. And as a result of that, I want to look up and look around. And this is what I encourage people to do. Like we're not the ostrich. (laughs) It's not the same world that we were in five years ago. And, you know, the things have changed. We, you and I are, we would not have been talking like this several years ago. It just, it just wouldn't have happened. Um, And so as a result, I'm definitely in this process of evolution and saying, okay, this is a new way of working. I need to mm. learn this. I need to give myself the patience and grace to, to understand this, to speak with people like you who have some insight and awareness in other ways, but be open to being educated. Because if I move forward with what I thought I knew or just what I knew back then, it's not going to work, right? Yeah. Whilst holding true to who you are, whilst tr- yeah. holding true to what you are, because it's so easy to get continue to go, that anchor point and who you are, what you want, which can change. That I think is one of the core yeah. things. That authenticity counts for such a lot. So look, Carrie, we could we could talk for hours on this. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing behind the scenes with, with everything that you do. Um if people want to find out more about you, uh, where can they find you? Well, my website, uh carriecluen.com uh, is under revision. It by the time of this uh is out in the world, it will be revised. And uh, yeah, you can find out about my directing, my book, my coaching, all of that. And again, the book is called? Origin Story, Power of the Inciting Incident. Nice. Well, everyone go check it out, go buy it. And hey, Carrie, thank you so much for sharing. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks, Mark. 
Hey, Katie. Yeah, Mark? Want to do an outro? I sure do. Sweet. Hey, thank you so, so much for listening and making it to the end. Yay, you. So what happens next? Uh, we ask them the things that podcasters are supposed to ask at the end of an episode. Can you please rate, review, download? Subscribe. Mm. Yeah. But why is it important? Because that's how our podcast gets noticed. That's how people find us. It is. And we want all their earballs. <laughs> all the earballs all over the place. We do. Nice. Yeah. So please do all those things. We'll be ever so grateful. And then more people hear your beautiful voice. Or yours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See you next time. Bye.